At the centre of Europe lives a unique people. Bordered by mountains on all sides, these people have a distinctive national culture and an unusually comfortable relationship with the underground space. As the tunnelling industry has developed, this place has become critically important. The country is Switzerland. And the facility? The facility is unique in the tunnelling world. It has been with us since the very beginning, 50 years ago, and is right at the heart of the mountains that make Switzerland so special, the Swiss Alps. It is a place where the industry's most cutting-edge experiments are being carried out. It is a testbed for tunnelling technology, but really, it's almost like a bat cave for the tunnelling world. Modern developments in machinery, in explosives, and nowadays, even in new ideas for innovative use of the underground space. The findings from this incredible facility can be found in technical papers delivered all over the world, from Sydney to London. Engineers working on projects around the globe cite studies carried out in this facility under this Swiss mountain. It is called Hagerback. Or in full, the Hagerback Test Gallery. Hello and welcome to the Tunnelling Podcast, the official podcast of the British Tunnelling Society. I'm Alex Conacher. And I'm John Young. In this episode, we journey to Hagerback, a location that might, with its history of innovation and scientific testing, have a claim as one of the birthplaces of modern tunnelling. It is a place that is well known within the tunnelling industry, and even outside the tunnelling industry, it is still well known, at least in eastern Switzerland. Because the pride of underground innovation is turning 50. Okay, it turned 50 last year, but we all noticed COVID-19 and we all know that 2020 was a lost year in many respects. The directors of Hagerback did too, and so the 50th anniversary was postponed to 2021. Until now, actually. They're hosting the anniversary festival next month on the 18th of June. So visit nxt50.hagerback.ch for more information. It's also linked to in our show notes. More importantly, in this episode, we're going to tell the story of this unique part of tunnelling history. We are going to tell it right from the first blast in 1970, through the present, and look at where the next 50 years might take it. We are going to explore everything about the Batcave of tunnelling. A Batcave suggests a superhero story, and any good superhero adventure needs a good origin story. And the origin of Hagerback begins with the Amberg family. More on that in a moment. But first, a message from one of the first of our two sponsors. Support for this episode comes from ACO. ACO is the leading supplier for drainage solutions in the building industry. Drainage solutions for the tunnelling industry is one of the core competences of ACO. The combination of unique materials with the ACO safety concept for tunnels offers the optimal solution for every project. The prefabricated systems are built to the individual design of every project and ensures an easy and fast installation. ACO Tunnel Solutions are cost-effective, durable and tested in hundreds of tunnels. ACO, creating the future of drainage. To find out more, go to www.aco.ch. And now, back to the episode. The story of the Hagerback Test Gallery begins with the Amberg family. Here is Felix Amberg to tell us how it all began. 
starting with his father, Rudolf Amberg, in 1970. I mean, for a Swiss person, he had a rather unconventional biography. In Switzerland, there is no mining school, for instance. So he had to, to, to study mining abroad after the Second World War in the late 40s, early 50s. So the fact that he was a mining engineer, let's say, is a clear sign that he was interested in mining as such. He realised that interest and became a mining engineer, becoming the technical director of a major iron mine and the last mine in Switzerland. It's located close to the city of Sargans in eastern Switzerland and also close to the current site of Hagerbach. He worked intensively to collaborate with various suppliers around Europe to optimise productivity and to try and save the mine. But it never helped. Uh, it, uh, in the end, in 1966, it had to, had to be closed uh, down. However, then uh, the suppliers uh, of, of this iron, iron mine they lost an opportunity or a, a test field, so to say, for developments. They also lost, in this sense, a partner who was very supportive to new ideas, new concepts. Ultimately, this led to the decision to build a new underground test site. And due to various technical requirements, for example, the geology that ranges from 40 to 300 MPA, depending on the area, and also some legal requirements, Hagerback was chosen. And then the, 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 the drilling started. I was present when the first rounds were blasted, so I knew the, the, let's say, how it all looked like in the very beginning. Felix was just a teenager, and ever since then he has worked in Hagerback. Just earned some pocket money, uh, and ever since, uh, all the years throughout, uh, I was, let's say, very close to, to Hagerbach. I saw the development uh, in, in, let's say, in dimensions, geometrical dimensions. I saw all the developments in different research topics. Company partners came and, and, and left, etc. So I was not born in Hagerbach because that was not feasible. But uh, as long as I can remember from my teenage age, the last, the last uh, 50 years, I have been in and around uh, Hagerbach. Starting from that bare rock face, Hagerbach grew over the decades, a natural consequence of testing explosives underground. The attraction to the industry was the opportunity to test explosives and machinery in an underground site, as close to a mine or a tunnel as possible. But without the same time or financial constraints that you would have on an active project. There was still a, a mining industry in Switzerland which had a, a generic interest to have a test environment uh, because, I mean, in the 70s, uh, which it's hard to, do, to imagine, but there were no computers. Mm -hmm. So things like these were not, uh, not available in, let's say, the way they are now. A lot of things needed, let's say, practical one-to-one -one scale testing. And that also can be seen in Hagerbach, or I still remember it because drilling, for instance, optimizing of pneumatic and later on electrohydraulic drill hammers was an issue at those days. The thought that the facility would be running 50 years later and go through so many transitions had not entered anyone's mind. Health and safety testing for tunnels, and in particular fire and evacuation drills in dedicated galleries, became an important focus. Which has been a very dominant uh, topic in the years 2000, 2010, after these heavy fires in, in some of the tunnel, some tunnels, that uh, there in, in, in the past 50 years, there were new research topics uh, popping up, development topics, but always at this interface between theoretical or lab developments or, or the developments 
and the real application under under a real condition. This interface between theory and reality is where Hagerback sits and is the core of its purpose. And it has grown physically over the years to a volume of 250,000 meters cubed. It has also grown in fame. And although well known in the industry, it is also known within the general public, at least in Switzerland. Well, we are sometimes we are astonished how many people uh, know Hagerbach uh, in in Switzerland. I mean, let's say Swiss people in general have a very very special relation to underground infrastructure. Uh, I mean, uh, the, we have a lot of of railway tunnels, a lot of of, of highway tunnels. Tunneling seems to be a kind of uh, attractive activities for Swiss people. Uh, I mean, there are a lot, lot of, of sayings uh, comparing the Swiss mountains uh, to Swiss cheese with a lot of holes. Uh, so from that viewpoint, I'm quite often astonished how many people in Switzerland know about, uh, about Hagerbach, also outside the, the industry. It also has to do that we have, let's say, that we follow an, an open open house policy. So whoever is interested to visit the Hagerbach is, is welcome. So what do they find there? Moving to the present day, and Hagerbach's 30 full-time staff are led by their CEO of four years, Michael Kompatscher. I'm the general manager from the Hagerbach Desk Gallery. So my job title is also CEO, general manager of the, of the company. And uh, with this, I'm responsible for all the operative business we do in Hagerbach. Today, the organization is split into three divisions, construction materials lab, innovation and training, and gastronomy and events. A very different setup from the early years. And Michael has been enthralled since his first visit. I was fascinated and uh, well it's the same I have always the impression when I visit us and I, I show them the Hagerbach and it also for, for myself still today when I go in uh, it's always wow the dimension to see to feel what evolved over the years how much of mind of spirit of uh, innovation went into into this gallery you can really feel it and to see that this is not just a uh, a relict from older times, it's still active. You feel that there is daily activity, you feel that there is still pushing boundaries, uh, moving forward and trying to, to tackle the mountain and get out of the mountain, uh, new solutions for, for a better tomorrow. That's fantastic. And this is the latest vision for the test gallery, helping to work out how underground space can solve wider problems facing society problems that are better solved underground rather than on the surface. We will look more at the ideas themselves in a bit, but first, Michael says that this modern focus began with the end of a project, the groundbreaking Gotthard Base Tunnel. So we always had to be open and have an ear with our customers, with our partners. And at the opening of the, of the Gotthard, this was one of the initiatives that was started there. Uh, a lot of people saw, well, uh, now we go and build a new tunnel and we need to reinvent the wheel because all the partners involved at the Gotthard will be new in a new uh, setup together in another area or different partners. So how do you prevent the loss of know-how that had been generated during the construction of the world's longest rail tunnel? The Swiss industry decided to form SCAUT, S-C-A-U-T, the Swiss Centre for Applied Underground Technologies, 
of which Hagerback was a founding member. Scout is basically a competence centre that brings teams together to try out new ideas in the underground space. All of these new projects have led to a change in the thinking at Hagerback. It is not just a, a tunnel anymore. It is a network. It's almost a, a small underground village. It's more like a, in, a, in a city you have a, an underground world, also the network of, of metro stations or underground shops and, and different things. But Hagerbach, in a nutshell, is the same. And so the scout partners saw an opportunity here. Well, in the future, there are new challenges to be tackled. Urbanism, how to plan cities, uh, how to support or make cities more, more resilient. And that, well, here we have possibilities in Hagerbach to provide our environment to further drive these innovations. And then the idea came with, with the prototyping uh, to make the, the prototypes uh, and to, to connect them, to contribute to a, a more sustainable world, to sustainable building, which is also at our core. We want to do something for the future. We always wanted to do something positive and good that was to drive technology and innovations. Hagerbach has so many different users and users and as you know, it's a vast network of galleries and tunnels and caverns and underground space. And it's also a place where, where innovation is possible and where pilot projects are possible. This is Antonia Conaro. She is the business development manager and underground space expert at Amberg Engineering. She also lectures at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology. Antonia is probably best known within the tunnelling industry for her work at the ITA Committee for Underground Space, or ITACUS, which she co-leads with Han Admiral. She's interested in anything to do with innovative uses of underground space. She picks the Underground Green Farming Project as the best example of current innovation at Hagerback. And we have linked to a video all about the project in the show notes. We also explored this potential for underground farms of the future with Klaus Wachter from Scout in this podcast last year, and we will link to that too. So the Underground Green Farming Project is one that is really a pilot and where Scout is, is sort of the, the umbrella dealing with that. But we from Amberg Engineering are a partner. And also in my role as Itacus, I co-chair, I found it super interesting to show, um, have an applicable case of how you can actually create an underground green farm and show stakeholders and, and other interested parties that you can actually grow sustainably underneath without consuming land, with consuming much less water and with consuming much less energy. And in fact, the Underground Green Farming Project was then uh, got an award by the UN Habitat Film Festival, an Emerging Ideas Award. So that was really exciting. And it's coupled with another innovative project that I'm in charge for and on, on behalf of Amberg Engineering, which is uh, called Edge Computing Underground. Also linked to in our show notes and it's an underground data center pilot. And one day we hope that we can use the uh, excess energy from the data center to actually create 
power um, for the underground green farming project. So to really have a circular system and one project's waste is another project's energy source. And the underground um, data center is also one that I'm very involved with and, and excited about, to be honest, where I see a lot of potential. It's important to keep pushing the potential uses of underground space to solve the growing problems on the surface. Industry and clients will always be more conservative when it comes to actual implementation. But that conservatism should not halt the experimentation. Good point. So in my work with Itacus, we've been really like advocating this kind of thinking for a long time. The industry in general, it's it's still very slow, this adopting of this concept. I think the larger firms are better at doing that because they know it's also a kind of greenwashing themselves. I'm not sure how many people in the industry really understand that it's an absolute must, this transformation, and that it's actually not just going to benefit society, but it's going to benefit themselves. But A, it's the, the, the thing of uh, we've always done it that way and B, can't be bothered to change. And also a little bit this sort of suspicion of, ooh, it's too green, it's too, um, you know, this talk about sustainable development. I personally really believe in it and I think we can make the change and we must make the change. And, you know, we just need to keep on pushing the message and also what we said with Itacus and also at Amberg, just show by example, you know, come up with projects and concepts where you can see the, the added value actually. And one of the most ambitious projects yet is about to be launched, which brings us finally to Hagerback's Next 50 Festival. Although it is a celebration of the endurance of the Hagerback site, and its ability to change to meet changing needs of the last half century, the event is mostly focused on the future. To deal with the limitations of COVID that delayed the event from last year, Hagerback is making this a hybrid event, with people able to attend online if they're not able to get to Switzerland in person. The event features a keynote talk by the famous mountaineer, Reynold Messner. He is the first man to scale all 8,000 peaks and the first man to climb Everest without supplemental oxygen. Another particular highlight of the programme is a pair of roundtable discussions, one where the old guard of experts who were around in 1970 look back at the problems of that time and what expectations they might have had for the future, what they got right, what they got wrong and what can be learned. Then there is a panel of young engineers looking at the prospects for the next 50 years. Visions, futuristic ideas and the challenges that we will have to overcome. All that and more on the 18th of June. Please check our show notes for more information. Although for Antonia, there can be only one highlight. It is called Mission Earth First and it is a truly unique approach to what underground space can offer. Yeah, um, I'm really excited about the festival. Um, we were planning on initially holding it already last June and then, you know, we had the situation with COVID didn't allow for that. So what we decided in, instead 
was to uh, bridge this past year with a series of webinars. We had five webinars in a series of innovation, inspiration and demonstration of underground spaces. And we also coupled this whole webinar series with an in initiative called Mission Earth First which Itacus, Hagerback and Scout are all part of, and they aim to think about how underground space can aid future lunar and Martian settlement and industry, but also how this can help Earth. And it's all about um, systemic change and a new way of thinking and coupling underground space with outer space and sort of thinking, how will you be able to uh, live on other planets? in the future, surely only in underground spaces, like that one has detected on the Moon and Mars, um, underground cavities or tunnels formed by lava. And so we actually want to have the Hagerbach also be a demonstrator for future self-sustainable communities and self-contained autark communities. Autark is a German word that means self-sufficiency, and if you dive into the research around lunar living, you will encounter it a lot. Antonia's students at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology have been designing Mars habitats, and three to four of the concepts will be presented at the festival. When the students uh, will do a live stream with, with three awarded projects that they've been working on this semester to present concepts, for um, self-sustaining communities that could be housed in Hagerbach. And they had to look at how do you get energy? How do you get water? How do you deal with the waste? How do you grow food? How do you get air and or fresh air? And how do you deal with the psychological impact as well of being underground? So that will be quite an interesting one. And then we're also having the, the official Mission Earth First launch there, where we have a, a partner from the United Nations Environmental Program, and we'll have the ITA president promoting that as well, or advocating it, let's put it that way. And um, we'll have a very uh, creative signing ceremony going on. That's all I can say at this point. So a lot of things to look forward to. <laughs> And Antonia said that one of her student team had a particularly unique proposal. Oh yeah, I, I think you would love it. <laughs> one proposed an underground brewery in Hagerbach, sort of uh, where people could come and brew their own beer and have, have a stay overnight in a sort of Mars-like setting with really interesting cave-like structures where they would even be in hanging furniture. To give a sense of low gravity, but it would not be the first such use in Hagerback. The place already stores whiskies and cheeses, and of course produces trout and vegetables for its on-site restaurant. Another proposal from the students relates to the UN Sustainability Development Goals. Well, some of the students also proposed this amazing dome like structure in the Hagerbach where you would bring in light from on top and it, it would just be this amazing sort of cathedral-like space and where you would show how underground space contributes to the sustainable development goals 
and you would have an underground green farm in the center of this amazing dome and you would have sort of little workstations where you could sit and connect via tablets to a screen and, and leave ideas and it would be interactive with previous people who had been there. So that was, that was a really cool idea as well. A lot of effort goes into creating an environment where people can think in unusual ways. One of the student teams proposed a rock climbing wall inside the Hagebach as a way to get out of your normal sphere and to also bring in kind of an active sports activity that has to do with the rock because it's rock climbing but it would also be used to sort of have a special experience while you're there so these were a few but there's there's many more that they have really good ideas to students And now for a message from another one of our sponsors. Support for this episode comes from the Amberg Group, the unique combination of Amberg Engineering, Amberg Technologies, Amberg Loglay, and the Hagerback Test Gallery contribute to a smart use of space by combining engineering, logistics, surveying, monitoring and inspection, material, machinery and process testing, and prototyping all in combination with in-house software development and the application of the latest working methods such as BIM and machine learning. This shows the innovative drive of the companies of the Amberg Group and their contribution to many landmark infrastructures around the globe, such as all the base tunnels in Europe, caverns, metros and hydropower plants in Asia, Europe and South America. The combination of best practice engineering and innovative strength and its application to sustainability and longevity of infrastructures is the key to shape the digital future successfully. For more information about their range of products and services, please visit them at www.amberg.ch and the link will be provided in the show notes. Felix Amberg has a lot of thoughts about how Hagerback could contribute to critical research in the future. I think underground space can contribute a lot to, 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 to problems which we are facing more and more globally. I mean, underground green farming seems to be a, an idiotic idea at the first glance, but if you think that you could, let's say, have that you have much less water consumption, for instance, than above ground, that you have far more better climatic uh, conditions underground than if you, if you have something like 30, 35 degrees on the surface, that you don't need no pesticide, etc. There are so many new ideas which give a perspective from an unconventional viewpoint. The idea that the underground is not just a metro tunnel under the city, or not just a road tunnel through a mountain pass that allows you to reach your destination quicker. Underground is, is in, in this sense, an asset that could, could be help, uh, help for, for, to solve uh, problems of the future, and that we should think more in how we can use underground space as a contribution to a sustainable development in order to, to let's say, put certain things underground instead of using uh, valuable, very precious above-ground areas. Hagerback has come a long way since 1970, which the next 50 festival will showcase, 
and Felix reflects on what his father, Rudolf Amberg, would have thought of Hagerback as it is now. I mean, he was, if I may call it like that, a, a hardcore mining engineer. I mean, he, he was a technician, he was an engineer, he was fascinated by all, all the, technical, the technical issues, also natural science, um, which is relevant, uh, far more relevant in, in, in mining that in, than in tunneling. He was fascinated by just uh, the mining activity as such. But for the varied uses the space is put to today and the impact that underground research here has on projects all over the world, it's fair to say he would be rather interested. Uh, he would be, let's say, he would be astonished <laughs> what type of, of research and prototyping we do these days in Hagerbach, which is, let's say, uh, pretty far away from, from the core of, of mining and excavating uh, underground spaces. But uh, he has been a very, let's say, interested person in a lot of, of activities. And he certainly would say that that is smart what we do, that we try to find new, new, uh, new applications, new, new uh, usages, that we try to take up trends uh, and, and transform them into something which could be of interest. And which shows the merit of the underground prototyping and testing facility many years after the demise of the mining industry from which it was originally born. But with, uh, with taking up other uh, other uh, topics which uh, are of more interest, which are topics of, of the future and which can give a response to certain problems we may have now and then in the coming years. He certainly would be saying, well done, I guess so. Rudolf Amberg could not have imagined that Switzerland's very last iron mine deep in the mountains would become a global heart of research and development in underground space. Nor could he have foreseen the futuristic innovations in sustainable technology that would emerge from that. But then he set about creating something for the greater good, for the good of the industry, something that would secure the future of underground space. And 50 years later, it is doing exactly that. And that is a real superhero story. The Tunnelling Podcast is a production of Reby Media. Our producers are Alex Conacher, Bernadette Ballantyne, Rian Owen, Ross McPherson, John Young, Will North, Velo Mitrovic and Tim Sheehan. This episode was written and hosted by Alex Conacher and co-hosted by me, John Young. Sound engineering by Ross McPherson, series supervision by Martin Nowak of the British Tunnelling Society and our own underground innovator is Rory Harris. Special thanks to our episode sponsors, Amber Group and ACO. And also, thanks to the Hagerback Test Gallery. For links to our sponsors and anything else in this podcast, please check our show notes. And there you will also find information on the NXT 50 Festival. Thank you for listening. You can find us on all podcast apps, on our website, tunneling.reby.media, and on LinkedIn.